podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another Media Matters for Anfield Index. I'm really excited with this one. Generally, I'm as I say in that. We've managed to secure a man who's more difficult to get hold of sometimes than Taylor Swift tickets at Anfield. But it is our pleasure to say we are joined by the renowned and respected Neil Jones. Neil, how are we? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, do you know what? I've registered for Taylor Swift tickets myself as well. So hopefully, hopefully I'm a bit... Uh... Oh, she's a bit easier to get hold of those tickets than, than I am. So, yeah, yeah I'm, not... I, I'm invested in that one. Fair enough. Yeah, my missus <laughs> made me register for two. That's the story I'm going with and I'm sticking with it. So, yeah, <laughs> fingers, fingers crossed all around. Good stuff. So, ladies and gents, we know what you want to hear. We're going to talk about all things Liverpool, transfer related, what's happening at the moment, on and off the pitch, all the things. I know you're dying for me to to ask Neil and try and get updates for you on. So I promise I will do my best in the time we have. Brilliant. So what, one thing I did want to talk about, actually, first of all, Neil, before we get into the, the transfer part, I know if I was going to say get to the transfers and ask the questions, I get that. But one thing we talked about last time was the Trent role, his role within the team when we talked about the hybrid role, the way, you know, moves into that double six. I know we talked about it because, as you said, and probably rightly, you know, there's still a few holes it leaves, if that's the right phrase, you know, a lot of expectations on Canate, that type of thing. It was something that I'd, I wanted to revisit because there's been the England internationals, hasn't there? Against, for someone says, not the strongest opposition is England. I completely appreciate that. But Trent playing with the number 10 on his back, you know, moving into that midfield role, maybe almost giving, giving Jurgen Klopp a spoiler alert. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but based on what you've seen for England, anything that sort of maybe change your mind or made you think about sort of midfield, right back permanent, a change in his role at all that way? Yeah, I mean, I should start. I didn't see the games. I was away. So I I, I saw the moments in the games that we've all, you know, we all saw the pass for Saka, the, obviously the goal. Um, you know, I actually saw a little bit of the second game, the North Macedonia game. It was a bit more difficult for him. You know, by all accounts, he was a bit more sort of, a bit less influential in that game saying in the first half I, I actually the bits I saw Jordan Henderson was the sort of um, the, the driving force seen in, in, in that first half but what what it has done is definitely it's it's increased the clamour and the, the attention around that debate hasn't it you know maybe it was a little bit of a a Liverpool specific debate at the back end of last yeah. season now it's you know it brings it into the national consciousness doesn't it and you know that's what England tends to do doesn't it it, it, it you know it amplifies these issues and people come out of the woodwork and start giving their, their 
you know, two pennies worth. And you, you sort of sometimes you can read these kind of articles or, you know, pundit speaking and think, well, you haven't watched Liverpool for the last 12 months or, you know, if you, if you think that. But but the other thing that just keeps coming up, and I keep saying it, I've, I've been on a few shows this week and, you know, read a few articles and things like that. And it does feel like, he really does seem to fancy it, Trent himself. You know, he, yeah. like he really, he really does seem like he's he's relishing it. You know, even if, even if, like you say, it was against modest opposition, certainly in the Malta game, and then North Macedonia. I know, I know England actually got a fantastic result in that game, but you know, it's not the, not the most sort of intimidating or or, or strong of opposition. It's right. still, it still adds something to the to the debate and the fire. You know, it shows that he can do it against deep line defenses and in games where you're expected to have a lot of the ball and dominate. And it shows that he's got the the tools to do it. Um, from a Liverpool perspective, what it, the issue I keep circling back to really is what what goes on around him. And also, do you? He's such a specific type of player. If you if you're gonna remodel your entire system on him being a midfielder, it it really does leave you open to you know well what do you do if he gets injured? You know what does what do you do yeah. if he just if he just doesn't perform and it doesn't work? You know you you go back to him at right back. Okay, that's fine. If he gets injured, what do you do? You know you Liverpool don't really have a a natural right back replacement at the moment for him. They don't. They certainly don't have a player like him in the midfield area. You know in terms of with his range of passing and those kind of things. So it. There's a lot of unknown around it. I, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm not convinced by it as a long-term thing that, that he'll play in midfield. But mm. I'm more convinced than I was six months ago. Certainly, I'm more convinced than I was three months ago. Um, and I'm probably a little bit more just just interested about it. I'm more. I'm more sort of okay. Let's have a look and see what what Liverpool do because I think there's a lot of things that we're going to see in in, in preseason. You know, not not just with Trent, but we're going to see Robertson. Obviously, what's his role going to be like? Yeah. Um. What's Darwin Nunez going to be like? You know, is he going to play on the left, down the middle? You know, where's McAllister going to sort of fit into this this team? Who's which of the sort of younger players are maybe going to emerge? You know, there's a lot of things that I'm. You can say you're, you're you're worried about, but I'm also quite intrigued and excited about. So I think Trent is is, is in that category. Um, I think probably the one thing I would take from it, from a Liverpool point of view, if you, if you want to keep some optimism around it, is it just looks like Trent's enjoying his football, and that cannot be a bad thing, no matter where he is on the pitch. You know, if he's enjoying his football and playing with confidence, then that's only going to benefit Liverpool, whether it's right back, midfield, or both. Yeah, absolutely. If it's a footballer of that calibre, if he's up for it and firing, you know, it's massive, isn't it? And probably just a, a final question on this is, and it's a bit of a gut speculation, so there might not be too much in it. Do you think there's any chance Trent has a sit down with Jurgen and almost a, a tete a tete? Like, do you fancy this? What are you thinking? And yeah, I really fancy it, boss. I want to be. Do you think anything like that could happen in pre season at all? I, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how, how sort of formal it'll be, but I think those conversations have got have got to be. If they haven't taken place, I'm sure they will. I mean, if you think back at you know Jordan Henderson, was it 2019? Sort of that 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 uh, springtime was 2019. There was there was a story, obviously, and a, you know, well well repeated story that he sort of said to Jurgen, "Look, give me a chance off the leash a little bit as a number eight, and let me play a bit further yeah. forward. I can, I can add something." And and Jurgen, you know, I think I think he even admitted sort of I wasn't initially sort of it wasn't on my mind but I thought okay you know I'll consider it and it, it worked out didn't it and at the back end of that season I mean 
if Trent was to say, look, give me pre-season to show you that I'm I'm your midfield man, it would be a hard one to say no. To, no, mate, you go back to right back, and you know we're gonna we're gonna do this and this and this. You know, he, he's probably Liverpool's most talented player. You know, along with Salah, isn't he? You know, he he's he's that good. So yeah, I I I think there will be. I mean, I'm thinking about just when when you know Liverpool report back for pre-season and I'm thinking about some media that goes around that and you know the first time I think Jürgen sits down with some press you know men hopefully I'm among them I'm pretty sure I'll be high on the agenda you know what are you going to do with Trent that question is going to get asked and so I'm, I'll be intrigued to see what the answer is um, yeah. I think everything's on the table I think that that's the that's the intriguing bit I think I think there's a world where Liverpool just are back 4-3-3 and you know the midfield's got some new faces in it and everything looks just quite familiar in terms of the system I think there's a world where Trent's sort of doing this hybrid role and I think there is now you have to say there's a world where Trent's just playing in midfield and that is that makes it very interesting it makes it you know it could go either way but for me I'm yeah I'm I'm curious I would say rather than concerned yeah, I like that. Definitely, it'll be one to uh, we'll all be keeping an eye on in pre-season, no doubts yeah. about that. And as pre-season transfer goes, it just it seems like in the last few days the transfer world, especially, has gone crazy. All the things we're hearing with Saudi Arabia, <laughs> Declan Rice, the big clubs, everyone seems involved, almost except Liverpool publicly. So it is one thing I, I wanted to ask you because there is the I don't want to say narrative, but we're hearing that story. Understandably, Liverpool has spoken to the agents, the clubs, the players, you know, sussed out what's realistic, what's affordable, but very much all almost privately, it's there no specific updates coming out in a public manner. We've heard mm. that Liverpool have done their homework. It's almost maybe it's the way I'm saying it, but waiting for Jorg Schmacker to, to jump into action or see, you know, how he works, that type of thing. And I know. Naturally, there's all the chat about the impact of the Euro 21 championships and, you know, most of our targets being there, which is which is all completely reasonable. No one's going to want to hear this, Neil, I know it, but is it very much just a case of patience is a virtue, we shouldn't be panicking, just because things are happening or aren't happening publicly doesn't mean they're not happening privately. Is that a fair assessment, would you say? Yeah, I mean, far be it for me to say to Liverpool fans, don't panic because... That's their parent state to feel, you know. That, that yeah. I, think, I think. I mean, I know, I know you're like that, Dave. I mean, you, you, I think you exist in a permanent state of, you know, what's what's going to happen. You know, sort of that on edge. I would say it's in transfer windows. You're not alone in that. I think a lot of people. I yeah. get a lot of messages off people who are like, "What? What's happening? What's happening?" I mean, you've got to remember it's the 21st of June, 20, 22nd of June. You know, it's it, it's not we're not at the stage where it's like this This is the end of the transfer window there's there's a long time to go but I think this I think there's a few things at play I think one of them is I think there's still a few dominoes to fall in, in the transfer market generally and there's a few new dominoes that have just been added into the, the chain you know with, if you look at what six weeks ago we were probably talking about Chelsea sort of having this fire sale where you know okay they're going to have to offload players that they, they don't want but who's going to buy them and, yeah. and what sort of figure can you get with them you know all of a sudden you know their, their prayers have been answered haven't they and you know we won't go into the debate about sort of the, the, the intricacies of it because I think it's a whole new show but all of a sudden look Mendy Koulibaly Ziyech looks, hudson Adoy was linked today you know Aubameyang potentially Lukaku you know Kante they're getting rid of these players that maybe they didn't expect to get rid of you look at Wolves with Ruben Neves you know they were in they were in a position where there was talk of the manager maybe leaving and, and, and you know financial fair play issues 
all of a sudden they just offload their captain. Now you look at in a different way. Manchester City all of a sudden losing Bernardo Silva is like, whoa, okay, yeah. that changes things, doesn't it? And, you know, no, I don't think there's any coincidence that Declan Rice suddenly he, you know, he emerges as a as a key target and that changes Arsenal's plans, you know, if they miss out on, on Rice. So I think there's a lot of sort of little moving parts that will influence other parts of the transfer window. I, I don't know how many of them are sort of directly linked to Liverpool, you know, in, in terms of, I don't, I don't think everything that I've just mentioned is holding up Liverpool's business. But I do yeah. think there's a lot of things to be flushed out in this, maybe the next few weeks. And then we'll get a, a better read of sort of where people's priorities lie, what they've got, you know, who, who's going where, what, what what the kind of the, the market looks like. Because the other thing to say, really, if you're a selling club, if you're in a position where you've got a player who hasn't got a release clause and you were thinking about selling a player to Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City, whatever... If you're doing your job, I think you'd be on the phone to Saudi Arabia saying, yeah. you know, you know what, what what you think, you know, this, if if you can get the player, well, would you would you give us the money? So there's there's you know there are potential pitfalls that come in there. It, you're right, it is it has been quiet. It was this it was described to me by someone at the club actually, or someone close to the club on Monday, sort of a bit all quiet at the moment. But I, I, I think couple of things to, to, to sort of reiterate. One is that midfield is still very much a priority for Liverpool. The next, I'm pretty sure the next signing they make or major signing they make will be a midfielder. Um, and I'm pretty sure that it, this won't be a case of Liverpool sort of just, you know, sitting on their hands and then late in the window doing business. I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll have made significant progress or, you know, got themselves in a position where they've got a fair idea of what they want and need in the, uh, in the coming weeks and, We'll see how quickly or how um, decisively to get these things done. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And yeah, you are completely right. I'd be lying if says I wasn't chasing you and others for info. So yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, you're not that. the only one. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. I know you, you might think that sometimes when I don't reply, but no, it, it, I, I get a lot of those messages about you know, come on, what's going on? What? Why aren't they doing this? And you know, it's it's difficult sometimes, isn't it? I think I think as well. With the modern transfer market, we do live in a world of, of just sort of hourly updates, don't we? You know, and it, sometimes it, yeah. sometimes it doesn't really feel like an update. You know, where it's it's almost like okay, that's just a, a sort of a, a carry on, but it, it creates this idea that if if nothing's being said, nothing's happening. I, I don't think that's the case in in most transfer deals, to be fair, and and I don't think it's the case with Liverpool at the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. I think just because there's a few clubs treating it like deadline day doesn't mean it's the same for everyone. So, yeah, fingers yeah. crossed for this. And yeah, absolutely. You probably had no doubt this was going to happen, but it seems a good time to sort of fire into names and updates because mm. there's naturally all our, our listeners, our subscribers have been asking me to, to ask you these questions. So probably no doubt that the main name that keeps cropping up is Turam at Knees, Kepram Turam coming mm. up that, the name, the fee, there's almost updates coming out of France now that it's likely after the Euro under-21 tournament suggestions that a shell of a deal I'd describe it as, not the full deal, but, you know, an outline of a deal if you want to say that. Is there any distinct update or what would you say is the state of play on Touram at the moment? Yeah, no, there, is, there isn't an update. I mean, it's putting pieces together a little bit and I, I, I'm starting to come around not come round, come, come to the conclusion. I think I think he's the most likely out of the ones that have all been linked. I think he's the most likely that Liverpool will sign, and many reasons. But the profile of the player makes a lot of sense. That he's you know a big lad, but he's a versatile lad. He's a technical player. He's twenty two. He's got you know he seems to have a, a good head on his shoulders. He's at a club that you can get 
you know, it, it, it's a step up, isn't it? Obviously, from from Nice to Liverpool. Um, but there's no no concrete update. I mean, do France play France play Sunday? Don't they in the in the, yeah. the in the under twenty ones? Obviously, there's a few players of interest at the tournament and in the France squad, especially as well. But I, I'm not sure how it, it is interesting because. They're away in Romania and Georgia, aren't they? It's not, you know, it's not hopping over the channel to, to Paris and, and doing a medical. There's a little bit more right. logistical element to it. So, yeah, of course, I think I think it does play into it. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Liverpool sort of made some decent progress on it and, and had this idea. But I do think the longer it goes on, I, I do think there are some um, negatives to waiting if you if you want to call it that you know yeah I, I've said on a, I said on another show actually earlier today on the red man I said you know if you're signing Declan Rice or Mason Mount you sort of you've got a pretty good idea of what they're going to do and how they're going to fit into your team you, you you almost can sort of let them go straight away I think right. with Turan with if you were signing Manu Kone Gabriel Vega Ryan Gravenberg whoever I know we're going to come on to talk about some of those it you do think that they would probably need a bit of attention in pre-season and a bit of sort of guidance and, you know, like as much time as possible on the training pitch, really, not just to settle into the squad, but to, to the, the tactical demands and, you know, where they're at. So the more time that you've got with them, the better. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you're not going to have that time with the guys who are at the Euros. You know, they're going to have a break when they get back and there's a fair chance that some of them are going to go quite deep in the tournament, I'd imagine, you know, Toran being one of them, so yeah, that 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 isn't ideal. But if it's the right player, then Liverpool, you know, Liverpool do it, won't they? They're not gonna. I, I don't think that's gonna sort of make or break a deal. They're not gonna look at it and say, "Oh no, we need them in by July the tenth or whatever." I think they, I think there's a bit more, um, you know, long term view than that. Yeah, and then it was interesting because I know you said there that the midfield will probably be the the next likely one. And you'll know, no doubt you've talked about these as well as people have seen them, but the names that are coming out, Kone, Gravenberch keeps coming up, like you said, Gabri Vega, even Berea kind of comes in and out, doesn't he? You're sort of on and off yeah. type of thing. The name that's thrown up. And again, I, I don't know how much of that is agent talk. Is there any sort of updates or likelihoods, would you say, around those midfield names or anything that you've heard recently? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was—I wouldn't say I was discouraged, but I don't—I don't see Barella as a as a player that Liverpool will sign. I'm, I, I'd actually love to be wrong on that one, and, and yeah, know, I, I'm not—I'm I'm not precious about something like that. If I, if I was to be wrong, I'd be—I'd be delighted if Liverpool sign Nicola Nicola Barella. Um, but I don't think I, I just look at him. Just, just, just on a on a, I completely sort of looking at at it logically. He just looks like he's at a different stage of his development than than what Liverpool yeah. tend to go for. You know, he looks like he's just just probably a couple of years to you know to sort of established almost. You know, they 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 prefer these you know bit younger, a little bit more sort of mouldable. You know, less Definitely. maybe sort of less obvious. You know, if you want to call it that, um, maybe listen that could that could all change. Schmadka's Schmadka's impact could be that Liverpool change their strategy and go away from that, but McAllister's signing suggests probably not. You know, mm. suggests they're probably going to stick with a tried and trusted way. So I look at the others and think they they fit a little bit more. Um, Vega, I, I have my reservations about just the type of player he is in terms of you know does he does he immediately sort of make a big impact on Liverpool's squad? You know, he's he's obviously got talent, but you know mm. does he go straight into the team? You know. 
Uh, I don't know what what sort of type of player you know that he that he brings. Is he a, you know they've already got McAllister in that position. They've got obviously Kethis finished the season strongly. They've still got Harvey Elliott knocking around. You know, are they? I, I would expect them to buy a more orthodox kind of midfield player, possibly. You know, someone yeah. who's a little bit more of a you know a, as I say, an off the ball and a you know a, a, a runner and a, a defensive presence as well as a as a footballer. That's just my opinion. Uh, obviously, that brings Koenig, Gravenberg in, into that element. Graven, Gravenberg, I, I think I said on the last show that I did with you, I'm, I'm pretty sure I said that I'm, I'm into Gravenberg as a sign. I'm just, there's something about about his story and his profile I like. And I, you know, maybe I've just seen, a, seen the right games of his when he was at Ajax, and you know, you sort of, they stick in your mind. But that's one that I think that it's still a bit messy. You know, you've heard him saying, recently to ESPN that he wants to leave uh, or that he, if he carries on the way it is then he'll, he'll have to look elsewhere Bayern are not what you would call easy negotiators you know I don't I don't think Bayern yeah. is sort of one of them will go oh sorry oh, sorry mate yeah, off you go you know I think I think they're one who'll dig the heels in and I think you know their ideal world really would be that a few clubs were in for him and they could sort of drum up some interest and drum up the price <laughs> So that's one that could possibly drag on, and yeah, I get the impression the longer that goes on, the less likely it is that Liverpool will sort of, you know, commit all their their sort of their eggs into that basket. But there's a lot of options there, and look, there's, there's, we shouldn't obviously rule out the idea as well that there's, there, there could be options that we haven't even heard of. You know, they've had the left yeah. field sign, and haven't they? They've had they've had them in the past. They've had the Fabinho one that you know. When he, when you look back, it's an obvious one almost, isn't it? You know, Fabinho, of course, he needs a defensive midfield and he was available at Monaco, but it wasn't really trailed, was it? It was sort of just came out of the blue. Um, there's there's the there's the possibility of that as well. You know, that one just emerges and you go, oh, of course, yeah, it was him. Um, although, given the amount of midfield names I've seen linked with Liverpool over the last three months, it'd be pretty hard to find one that hasn't been linked with the club um, but I definitely I d- listen I keep reiterating this fact but I think the next the priority for Liverpool at the moment is is a new midfielder another new midfielder and that's what I expect them to be working round the clock to secure and that's the next sign I expect to the door I don't need a VPN I've got nothing to hide <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. 
yeah, absolutely. I think most to uh, agree with that. Just it's interesting, Gravenberch especially, and you should never look at social media as an indicator. But there's such a division on the player. But yeah, definitely has his positives and detractors. It will be interesting to see. And yeah, you, I mean, you messaged me, didn't you? I mean, I didn't watch. Yeah, the Netherlands yesterday. I know, he, I know, he didn't particularly have a great game, did he? he was um, what was he? He booked in, in a nil-nil draw and didn't really have a great impact on the game. Um, I think you have to understand that. I suppose he hasn't played a lot of football, has he? You know, it's sort of that's right. that. That's a risk that you might be taking with him. You know, you might have to wait and sort of almost nurse him back to you know some kind of health in terms of regular football. But it's whether the whether they deem that possible, whether they deem the professional, uh, the, the sorry, the potential worth. Um, you know, gambling on, if you like, and, and sort of committing to, uh, it might take a little bit of time in, in that regard and that might that might factor against it. Of course, there's the other element is obviously, you know, when he's given these kind of interviews saying that, you know, he wants first-team football, that's, you know, there's a message there, isn't it? You know, he, <laughs> he wants some assurances, doesn't he, that he's going to play and can Liverpool give him that, you know, a Liverpool a team that goes to him, OK, you come and play every week for us. I, you know, if they might, I, I would... I would question that, you know, at this moment in time. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's there are all you know there are all sorts of factors. I think there are a lot of pros and cons to pretty much all the players that Liverpool have been linked with. As I you know, listed a few of them there. The one that probably there wasn't was McAllister, and that that's the one that got done. True. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. And uh, yeah, it, it is interesting the way one of our subscribers phrased it. I saw it in the Discord. I liked it this morning. Graven Birch is almost twerking with us this way. And another player that seems to be a little, probably from a defensive point of view, his agent seems to be twerking with us as well. And, you know, he's mentioned it, looking for a move. I know we've talked about him before, Mickey van der Ven. It just feels like there's not many defensive names coming up, but it does feel like his is the name that just keeps getting repeated. I know there's been Inacio and either likes of Timber yeah. have been ruled out yeah. realistically. Is it... Do you think Van de Ven is the one to watch, or is it not that certain? Well, I think yeah, I think he's one to watch in in the sense of you know he's he's obviously primed for a move at some point, whether it's this summer in the future. He's young enough, you know, good physical profile, tall, you know, left sided. There's a lot of sort of ticks in the box, isn't there? That you know that you think okay, that's yeah, that's possible. Um, I think I had a chat with someone about Liverpool centre back situation this week, and so, you know, someone close to the club who disagreed with my my assessment that Liverpool need a centre back, and I do I do believe Liverpool need a centre back regardless. Actually, I I actually think that they they need one, even if nobody leaves, just because there's so much so much uncertainty around the ones who are here and the and the injury records and the form of, of some of them, but. The way it was described is it's sort of, if you're going to get a centre-back in, it needs to be someone who's young enough and patient enough to accept that they're fourth, maybe fifth choice. Wow. And then, and then good enough in a year's time to move up that pecking order. You know, and that, when when it's put like that, you, you can't help but sort of mm. say that. It does make sense. You know, you can't, it's harder to rotate and give game time to a young centre back than, than it is to a young winger or a young full back or a young midfielder because you don't make those kind of subs in games, do you? You don't. You, you couldn't say to a young, you couldn't bring a centre back in and say you're not going to start. We're going to play Van Dijk and Canate, but you're going to get half an hour, you know, off the bench in games, and you're going to start one in, you know, one in three. You know, mm. if you get a settled partnership there, you're not really going to change it either. So you sort of 
it makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, but it is possible. You know, City have done it pretty well. City have got a, a good stable of centre backs now. You know, what, what they got? They got five, I think. They got you know Diaz, Laporte, Stones, Akanji, Ake. Yeah, some of them can play elsewhere, which that obviously is part of. You know, when when Timber was linked, when Van der Ven was linked, that was sort of you know one that was deemed as uh, as a Pavard even recently. I don't I don't think there's any chance Liverpool sign Pavard, but when when that link comes up, you could see the sort of the trail that people would make. You know, are we plays right back, play centre back? I I wonder if there's anything to come in terms of Matip and Gomez. Whether whether there's any sort of you know look, there's a chance that an offer emerges late or, or sort of as the as the window goes on, that changes Liverpool's perspective. Um, but. At the moment, the, the, the way it was put to me today actually was that midfield remains the priority, and you know I think we should take that at face value. And then maybe once once the midfield is sorted, then you might start to see a bit more attention put on the uh, on the centre back situation because I think at some point it is it is going to have to be addressed. It, you know, the next twelve months really it needs to be it needs to be looked at because the age of some of the players, the injury records, like I say, and just just the general mm. freshening up of the area. You know, it, it's you know, Canate was a great sign and made a couple of years back, but Matip Gomez and Van Dijk have been there for the, what the last five six years. You know, so. Yeah. It, you, you always need to keep that that area refreshed, and I don't think any of the younger defenders. I might be wrong, you know. Hopefully, one of them will come and surprise me. But I don't see any of the other young centre backs, you know, Williams and Vandenberg and Cometio. I don't see any of them stepping in and being good enough to play for Liverpool long term. So it probably is going to be after someone from outside. Yeah, it's fascinating the, the sort of the, the briefings are coming out. Like you say, midfield the priority. And like you say, younger centre back, even that you know might have to accept that first year development and going yeah. from there to push. So yeah, definitely a little bit, a little bit like Canate. You know, if you if you, if you want to, he's probably a good example, isn't he, Canate? I mean, he I know he came in and played a lot of games, and by the end of the season, he was first choice, wasn't he, his debut season? But he, he yeah. had to wait, didn't he? I don't think he started many Premier League games in the sort of first six months. That that's what I mean by you know, it's I don't I don't sort of mean he's going to have to go and play under twenty ones football and that kind of thing. But it's one of those where you have to. You have to have the player, and you also have to have the player being willing to accept that that role. And you know, it's it's not an easy one, is it? You know, especially when pretty much everyone I think is 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 pretty much looking for a centre back. You know, yeah. everyone everyone would like a better centre back in the Premier League, certainly. So yeah, it, it's not um it's not a straightforward one, but I I do think Liverpool needs to look at it certainly. Now, this one might be in there. It came up, and I promised one of our listeners that I'd ask about this. There are random names. You mentioned it before about Seth van der Berg. Uh-huh, yeah. There's been those links to his younger brother, Ray. It might be a short one. Anything in that at all that you've heard? Yeah. Um, I know. It's strange, isn't it? I mean, I looked at it. I looked at the... Um, is it Rav, his name? Yeah. Is it Rav? Yeah, Rav van der Berg, yeah. Um, I mean... Uh, he plays for Zwolle. He plays for the Netherlands under twenty ones. He's played about twenty games and Liverpool. Sounds Liverpool familiar. And he's eight. I was like, I, I, is this you know like a um, you only get regens on Football Manager? Yeah. Sort of <laughs> it's like this happening again. Well, I, I haven't heard it to be honest. I I, I haven't until you sent me the agenda. I hadn't heard it, and I, I looked obviously looked into it again, and it was um, Brentford were, were the latest you know the club that were linked more yeah. sort of um, 
more recently. I mean, if you talk, if you talk, and if you took Sep out of the equation, if Sep didn't exist, and you and someone said to you, "Okay, this player," that that's this is a little bit what I'm talking about, you know, in terms of a, a young player who could come and sort of be patient and wait yeah. for his chance. You know, he's 18, he's playing in the in the in the Dutch um, first division. You know, he's a fair way off being top level ready. Um, I don't. I, the truth is, I don't know, and I, I haven't. I haven't sort of had a, a response in terms of checking that out with with, with people at Liverpool in terms of it. But uh, it's it's an intriguing one. It'd be it'd be it'd be a bit wild if Liverpool signed them in a summer where they've got a decision to make about one Vandenberg already. You know, who was signed in the, in a similar vein and hasn't yet sort of emerged to the level that they hoped he would when they signed him. So it would be a little bit of a strange or, a, or a, a, an unusual um, thing to do to go, OK, well, we'll commit to the younger brother and, and, and see if he can, you know, second time lucky type of thing. But yeah. yeah, if you're playing, you know, if you're playing regular football, first team football, 18 as a centre-back, and he's a big lad by all accounts, you know, <laughs> I think you can tell he's Seth's brother um, in terms of the way he looks and the, the physique of him. Um then you, you you're gonna you're gonna attract interest, you know, as Vandenberg, Seth Vandenberg showed. So I'll be interested to see what comes of him. But I, I couldn't I couldn't give you a sort of an update from a Liverpool point of view, apart from obviously the fact that he's just his name's been linked recently. Fair enough. Yeah, I did think it's definitely going to be one. I'd say midfield's a priority. We'll have to see what emerges with the defence side. And one that's it's almost gone quiet across the outgoings point of view because we'd heard. Almost the, the summer started with the thunder. Fabio Carvalho, the loans, you know, permanent, Red Bull Leipzig, all that type of thing. Kelleher was linked naturally, wasn't he, with a move elsewhere for first team opportunities. It just feels like it's almost gone quite quiet, almost dead, so to speak, on the outgoing point mm. of view. Any, again, any developments there that you've heard of, or is it just, again, a quiet wait and see brief? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nath Phillips is way. I think he's Mauritius at the moment, so that doesn't look like he's sort of getting ready for a transfer at this stage. I think it might be a bit later, you know, in that in that situation. And you, you remember as well, Liverpool they, they tend to like to sort of have a look at a few players, don't they, in, in pre-season? I, I'm not 100% convinced Kelleher leaves. Um, it, it might it might come down to him just sort of. Really insisting and and and, and you know say demanding it, but you know pushing that element. I think Liverpool will quite happily keep him around and, and and sort of try and convince him that this is this is the best for him. You know, yeah, and and, and not to move on. Um, and then beyond that, what, what you know, there's not there's not a great deal you know to sort of do, is there? You know, I don't think any of the the, the players that have left have, have left on free transfers already. There's not Carvalho is one that. I think Liverpool will take the time on that one. I don't think they're going to rush that one. They clearly, the, the way that they're talking, they don't want to sell them. I'm not 100% convinced that they'll they'll be able to stick to that over the over yeah. the, the course. I think it might there might be another decision to make later down the line. But I don't think they need to rush that. You know, there's there's going to be offers. There's going to be interest from a lot of clubs, and like I say, there's still dominoes to fall. So there's still players or clubs, sorry, that could look could need the Carvalho in a month's time. that don't need them now. Easily, um, and then there's not, you know, really who else, you know, Simakas possibly. Although there was a story, wasn't it, recently from the Greek um, side that he's not, he's not yeah. keen on leaving. Um, Matter 
possibly, but you know, I don't I don't think it's an obvious sort of there's no obvious suitors, if you like, out there. Um so yeah, I can understand why it's quiet. Liverpool don't have that huge sort of level of of you know saleable assets, do they? And I mean, listen, they've sold it. Right. They've loaned they've loaned out Calvin Ramsey, they've loaned out uh, they sold Peyton Clarkson. There might be some movement with, with players who've been on loan, Reese Williams and Tyler Morton and people like that. But uh, there's no sort of like there's there's no obvious ones like Stadio, for example, last season where you were thinking, okay, that's you know that what's going to happen with that, or you know before that, obviously there'll be other players that left, you know Adam Lallana and people like that. It's not really that situation, is it? It's it's a bit more. Um, the squad's a bit small, if anything, in terms of numbers. True, and it's naturally a question. I know we mentioned it earlier because it, it, it's the hot topic in transfers. Understandably, those the Saudi money, the transfers is. And literally all clubs get mentioned, like say agents do do their bidding, as it were. Anything you think is it? It might be a short answer again, but anything in terms of any of our players potentially ending up even having offers for like Thiago, Matthew, yeah. players like that have been mentioned. I suppose he. I mean, just this. I mean, it's speculative, obviously, but he's one that, yeah, you know, he fits sort of roughly the bracket doesn't he? you know a player with a name a reputation you know not much left on his contract an age where you know you could probably say you could probably sell it even if people didn't believe you that you wanted a new challenge and that you sort of you were gonna you know go yeah. down that route um it's an, it's an interesting one Thiago because we haven't seen much of him in the, in the last stages when Liverpool changed the system, did you know that we haven't we haven't seen him sort of in this new look Liverpool? Um, he was obviously he was indispensable, really, wasn't he? You know, twelve months previously, if you, if you think back to the sort of the, the week leading up to the Champions League final in twenty twenty two, that was that was the world, wasn't it? For Liverpool fans, was Thiago going to be fit? You know, is he going to make it? You know, God, if he doesn't make it, we're, we're, we've got no chance, and you know. Amid all like the chaos in Paris, you know him doing the warm up and the sort of the boost he gave Liverpool when he was available for that game, and and then twelve months on, he's a little bit of a forgotten figure, you know. And we're talking about him potentially being, you know, offloaded. I, I, I think Liverpool will probably keep him, um, but yeah, if, if you were talking about Saudi money and so you know players who might be on that, I think Matip Thiago could be ones that you'd say, okay, yeah, there might be there might be people who. Who would see that as a as a deal to be done? Obviously, the one the one that I suppose the biggest one would be Salah, wouldn't it? In, in the sense of the the you know the the statements for for the Saudi league, I don't expect that to be an issue this summer. But to be honest, I didn't expect Bernardo Silva to be going to the Saudi league this summer. <laughs> I, you know, I, I didn't expect to see half of the Chelsea squad going and you know stories about X, Y, and Z. So yeah, it, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of ripples being caused by the Saudi. Uh, stuff and I don't expect them to sort of calm anytime soon either but maybe Liverpool maybe Liverpool have just sort of uh, it's arrived at the wrong time for them there might have been a time a few years back when they had a few more players that they could have uh, pushed that way yeah it does feel especially with that money and the way we operate FSG must be cursed in their luck with the timing of it but yeah let, let's see how that works I suppose it'll be interesting to to keep an eye on this we're going to yeah. hear about the Saudi all just... summer it was described to me yesterday by someone who, you know, not not a Liverpool source, but just someone I speak to in, in the football world. 
as a, as a disruption to the ecosystem of 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 football at the moment, and you know that's a pretty good way of putting it. When when Manchester City are losing players to it, and Chelsea, you know, are, are balancing their books by doing it, then you've got to sit up and take notice. And there'll be a lot of clubs, a lot of clubs, a lot of agents, a lot of football executives, really, really, really digging into what what's going on and what what's possible in the uh, in the Saudi League world. Yeah, it does make sense. It's going to be fascinating to to see all summer. It really is. And again, this might be a short question, but I've got to ask it because you may have seen it. There was the article from Alex Miller in the Daily Mail mentioned the the investment side. It kind of has gone quiet, really quiet on that, but yeah. almost doubled down on his, no, the source is close to it. You know, he's been asking and said almost after the summer, which... Which does make sense because Liverpool don't want to stand up and go, hey, we've got lots of money to spend type of thing. You know, the way you negotiate, I get that. But anything you've heard in it at all from an investment point of view? Yeah, no, I haven't. To be fair, look, I would never, I know this is a, you know, you shouldn't really say it when you're in the media world, but it's not, it isn't something that I've, I've ever really been able to get that close to. You know, I'm the, 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 the sort of sources I, I work in at, they're not really on that side, you know, and, and it's more of a football a football sources, if you like, in, yeah. in that sense. So I, I sort of, I'm a little bit similar to you. I'm reading the, those stories and seeing, those, you know, those kind of issues emerging and um, or not emerging in, in this case, you know, with, with, with it. But I think the longer it goes on, the more worrying it is for the people definitely, but, you know, the, the what, when was it? November was it last year? I think that yeah, sort of first, first emerged. Yeah, it's such a long time ago, isn't it? And obviously, much has changed. By all accounts, Mike Gordon sort of back in back in the old role and doing you know the day to day running of the club, which I'm sure while he wasn't. And um, they've obviously they've made a, a surprising or a, an unusual decision with 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 Schmadke coming in on this sort of interim. Yeah, although, yeah. You, although you're not supposed to call it interim, but. It, it's a short-term contract. Um, it, it will be. It will be very interesting to see where Liverpool are because the Saudi thing. To go back to it, it does have the propensity to sort of really give them another obstacle, doesn't it? You know, if you've got if you've got that money now competing, so you can all, you can not just lose your own players to it, but you can also potentially miss out on targets to this Saudi league, and other teams are able to use the. The money that's available there, even even more so than you, it, it does just give you almost an extra obstacle, doesn't it? So, what kind of impact does that have on the search for investment? What type of impact does that have on the owners' sort of stomach for the 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 long term fight? You know, at the top of the 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 the, the, the tree, and um, for the time being, now it's a, it's all quiet on that front. And I know that's not particularly great for a podcast, unfortunately. But it, um, yeah, I, I I don't have much to to add to to Alex's report. Which it, which isn't the worst thing, and we definitely won't go into the FSG debate because we'll get record viewers, but we'll be here all night, won't we? So we won't touch that at all. But yeah, ladies and gents, it's been an absolute pleasure this one to get all that info. It really is, and leads me to say, quite rightly, Neil, much appreciated. Thank you for your time, mate. No problem at all. Cheers, mate. Magic. And that was another Media Matters for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, 
where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.